Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we have some bold predictions. Let's go. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. going on fantasy champs i got my hoodie on spent 20 minutes talking to rick about dynasty yep no, we're not going to talk about that at all today nope my name is morgan colby i got rick lemon with me as always what's popping rick what's up yeah i don't know why you're wearing a hoodie when it's like 95 degrees out it's but. ridiculously hot yeah. i hate to be that like youtube channel slash podcast that talks about the weather beginning of episodes because i feel like that's like a cliche that's, yeah <laughs> i okay, guess yeah but, true. but anyway For, he's not me. wrong it's like 104 degrees outside right now and um i'm wearing a hoodie yeah i don't know what you're doing dog it's got to cover up the dad bod is what you got to do oh okay i see i see it's true i don't even have kids that's the horrible part <laughs> it's the chipotle man i Listen, I'm not gonna, not gonna hate for you. I can't <laughs> on your Chipotle grind. <laughs> uh, we got some stuff to get into in this episode. We are gonna talk about some news, a little bit of news pertaining to Antonio Antonio Brown. Uh, but we will uh, we'll talk about that probably at the end of the episode. Um, we are gonna give you our bold predictions today, though, as stated earlier. Uh, and these are these are not necessarily going to be. Uh, takes that are consensus they're not necessarily going to be things that uh, will happen but they're things that we think will happen hence bold predictions so don't get offended yeah these so when we talk about bold predictions like you said it's just yeah, yeah they're bold predictions like we're, we're not banking our money that this is going to happen but I'm, I'm putting everything I have on this. Oh, you are? Okay, never mind. Yeah. Uh, be sure, before we jump into our bold predictions, be sure to check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, at the FF Chance. You can follow me, Morgan Colby, underscore FF, Rick, Ricky Lemon, underscore FF. You can like us uh, at facebook.com forward slash thefantasychampions and like us or follow us, however, whatever you do on Instagram, at thefantasychampions. Uh, if you are listening on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform, please, we beg you, leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell uh, for notifications and like and comment. Please comment down below. Uh, give, us, give us your bold prediction for the 2020 season, and we will be much appreci- appreciative of that. I want to hear some bold predictions in the comments. Yeah, I'm back it up too with facts. Don't just say Le'Veon Bell is going to be a top three back. Back it up, bro. Le'Veon Bell is going to be top three back. <laughs> that for sure won't happen, and that's not even a bold take. Uh, Rick, tell us about the draft guide, <sighs> guys. You need to buy this draft guide. Yes, sir. Look, so it's still twenty five dollars. Price has not changed. It's not going. It is to live. Change. If you guys want to know what's in it, we got full rankings, breakouts, busts, player draft values, play breakdowns, and so much more. If you guys order now. You can be in the listener league. Yep, definitely. So tell your friends. Um, by the way, uh, every other draft guide out there that uh, offers itself up is probably around $35. So you save yourself $10 and get our draft guide. Simple. It very is simple. very simple. Uh, let's jump right into our bold predictions for the 2020 season. This is always the funnest episode, I'll tell you. Definitely. We, we are allowed to say the most ridiculous things. We have to back it up with facts, of course. Sure. Only facts. But we uh, say, <laughs> what were you going to say? But we can say ridiculous things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the episode where we're allowed to say ridiculous things. Um, there are people who on Twitter every day think they're allowed to say ridiculous things, but that's just not that's not true. <laughs> so um, we'll go back and forth. We have three each. I actually have four. Um, I haven't decided on one. So I'll start. Okay. I'll start if that's all right with you. We should have flipped a coin sure. or something. That would have been no. You can better, start. But anyway, you know me. I like to ramble. Uh, so my first one, uh, and I took some time to think about this, and it actually was kind of interesting to me because people are. He's essentially what this player is. Essentially, what Calvin Ridley is to Julio Jones in Atlanta without the hype. And his name is Christian Kirk. And I think my bold prediction for Christian Kirk is that he's going to be a top twelve 
wide receiver in the 2020 fantasy football season. Now that's that's okay. that's some bold sauce. It's definitely bold. Yeah, I'm the top twelve. I'm a little scared for myself right now, trying to figure out why this guy is going to be that. So the biggest the biggest change, um, obviously in in Arizona this year was DeAndre Hopkins. And I think that's the biggest obvious change that's scaring people away from Christian Kirk. Um, I don't say this because I own him in like two dynasty leagues. I own him in a dynasty league too. So <laughs> I say this because I, I really like Christian Kirk. Um, so yeah. last year, last year he was, I think he played a total of 13 games and he was pacing at 133 targets. He ended up with 108 targets and 68 receptions last year. Um, in Calvin, uh, I was going to say Calvin Ridley's rookie year, in uh, Kyler Murray's rookie year. Um, some of the most important stats that stand out for this guy, his, you know, 10.4 yards per reception. Um, he has the ability to catch the ball in the red zone. His catch percentage is, is relatively decent. That could probably go up. Um, and I think it will with Kyler Murray getting some improvements. But the big thing is the 133 targets that he had last year. Um, I think when you look at Larry Fitzgerald, uh, the time the sun is setting for Mr. Fitzgerald, and he yep. probably will not get the same amount. I mean, they brought in DeAndre Hopkins, so he's probably not going to get the same amount of target share. And I think what you're going to see from Christian Kirk is he'll stay steady. He's not going to get 150 plus targets. I don't think that'll happen. Um, right. But when we're talking about a top 12 wide receiver, which is essentially, you know, I said top 12, right? Yep. My bold prediction. So when you're talking about a top 12 receiver, all he really needs to do is get six touchdowns and over 1,100 yards. And I think that is very capable for him to do in this offense in in Arizona. I think that a lot of, like Christian Kirk last year, the, he had on the flip side, Larry Fitzgerald, right? And, you know, he was he was getting matched up with with high-end cornerbacks, and now he's not going to get that. They're going to be on, they're going to be on nuke. They're going <laughs> to, they're going to go after Hopkins. And Christian Kirk's going to get the number two or three guy in every single game, which is going to, he's talented and he's going to get open. So for me, I think it's, it's going to, he's going to get the same target share. He's going to play all 16. I mean, there were games where he was getting 12, 13 targets, or I should say 11 or 12 targets in a game. I think there was five games this year where he had 10 or more targets and seven games where he had nine or more targets. So he was up there in the target share for most of the season. And that held, um, So I think Christian Kirk's definitely there in terms of what he can do. Uh, the, you know, I think the biggest thing is going to be, is just going to be hoping that Larry Fitzgerald doesn't take target targets away from Christian Kirk at this point, And that they just target Christian Kirk as the second wide receiver in the offense and fits as three. Um, but I think it's very like it's, it's, it's within his range of outcomes to be a wide receiver one this year. And I think it will happen. Okay. I mean, I like the argument. Um, I'm a big Kyler guy and I do love Christian Kirk. So I hope that's true because I have some Christian Kirk shares. Uh, so for my first one, I don't know how spicy this is. Um, you'll go easy on him first, right? Yeah. I mean, he'll ease him in. I just went right at it. I just yeah, shot I him. With the, uh, I'm going to yeah. say Jameson Crowder is a top 20 okay. fantasy wide right. receiver this year. Uh, I'll tell you why. First of all, last season, uh, Crowder had 122 targets last year, which is, more than um, more than some people, I think, realize. And last year, Sam Darnold also missed three games. In the three games that Sam Darnold missed, Crowder had four catches, two catches, two catches uh, for 10 yards, 25 yards, and 40 yards in each game. So he, yeah. he really didn't do anything in those games that... Um, <clears throat> In those games that Darnold missed. And then when Darnold came back first game, Crowder had yeah. six catches for 98 yards. Uh, and then he kind of is this a bold take paced for PPR out at about like five to eight receptions per game. Uh, the Jets also, you know, who has the most vacated targets going into twenty twenty? Uh, I'm going to take a wild the top guess and say it's the New York Jets. Nope, it's the Cowboys. But the Jets are second. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the I tried. Second. Yeah. The, but the, the Jets have 172 vacated targets. So, yeah, um, that's a lot. I, I think Richard Perryman's going to get some of that. Denzel Mims will get some of that. But I still think there might be like 15 
ish targets to because to go around for Jamison Crowder because I mean when we look at last year that Crowder was Darnold's security blanket on third downs on big plays he was always looking for Crowder in the slot it was kind of like a Brady Edelman thing but on a much 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 lower scale um, but it was kind of yeah. similar play styles so also one more thing is the Jets as a team last season threw for 19 touchdown passes uh, and 3,400 yards. Mm-hmm. Do you think Darnold this year, if he plays a full 16 games, can throw for like close to 4,000, not even 4,000, like let's say 3,700, 3,800, and like 25 touchdown passes? I think it's reasonable. I think it's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, for me as a Darnold fan, I think he can yeah. go to sleep, but that's just me as a Sam Darnold I think fan, it's, so. I think, and you're also obsessed with Denzel Mims. I, I think it's a matter of whether Mims gets a I lot of work on the onset, you know, but yeah. I, I do agree with you. Like the, I, I mean, the, the, the only, we've talked about how Jamison Crowder is a gross pick and I don't think it's unreasonable at all for him to finish in the top 20. Like, I think he may, may even finish in the top like 16. Um, but it's just a matter of efficiency. And it's like how his yards per reception last year, I think was extremely gross. It's, and, it's gonna, it's still going to be low. I think for this year, um, because he 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 plays similar to like I said, Julian Edelman. Yeah, he's no, it's he's, true. He plays Very in the true. slot, and he like those third and three, third and four plays. Like Darnold will throw to him in PPR. He's fantastic. Standard, it's a it's a little different because um, he's not going to get a ton of yards. Yeah, but in PPR and, and even half PPR leagues, he's gonna. I think he's gonna get a solid like ten points a week. Okay. Very reasonable. I guess kind of gross. It is a gross, bold prediction. I I will say There's that. There's also like who is he? The, the targets there are not like unless you think Brashard Perryman's going to get 120 I don't. targets. Brashard Perryman's going to play the same exact role he did when um what was it? Uh, Mike Evans was hurt and he had to come in and fill in for I, yeah. uh, maybe was there a game where they both missed time? Evans and so Godwin? you think so? Like Demaris Thomas, Thomas last year for the Jets had 59 targets. Like I think Perryman's probably going to play that role. He'll get like around 60. I think he. I think he actually might take. I think if if we're to if we were to sit here and project based on what last year happened, I think Mims will take the Demarius Thomas role with maybe ten or fifteen more targets, and then I think that you'll see Brashad Perryman take some a role more similar to Robbie Anderson as an outside sure. receiver. So I think that's I, more likely to happen. I know you and others really like Mims, but. Um, Rookie wide receivers are just, it's going to take him a little sure, bit to, no, I mean, to I, jump I, I in. Could, I could see Mims kind of taking a backseat in his first year, yeah. uh, especially with Adam Gase. Like, I don't really fully trust them. But there's also a reality where he turns into Terry McLaren and, you know, sure, yeah. the wide receiver but, one because there's no but one But either here. way, there's just like, there's going to be targets for Crowder. I mean, he had, a, he had 122 last year, which if he does that again, he can still get like, I think he had 80 catches last year around there. Yeah. He had, yeah, 78 catches. So if he does that again, he'll, with playing with Darnold, for the full 16 because those three games that he didn't play uh, with Darnold, he was terrible. And so let's say he plays a full 16 and he gets 122 targets. So he pretty much does the same thing. He'll probably get around 85 receptions. He might get another touchdown or two. Um, so he might, and he finished just like the yeah. one 30 last year. So that alone would get him like in the top 25. If he just gets like 10, 15 more targets. Right. He's going to finish in the top 20. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, let's talk about my second bold prediction here. Cam Newton will finish with more fantasy points than Tom Brady. I love Brady, but I also love this take. So, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad you like it. Cause you kind of disagree is what you told me. I, I just cause I like Brady this year, but like it, it yeah. is, a, it's a very good take. I like the take. Yeah. Um, so, we've talked a lot about Cam Newton and we talked a lot about Tom Brady this off season and the effects that he's had. So I wanted to look at some of the numbers here that Tom Brady has had uh, since 2000, I think it was 2014. And he had starting back from 2014 and 2014, he had a QB nine finish. He had a QB two finish in 15 and 16. He had a QB 15 finish in 2017, he had a QB3 finish. This is Tom Brady's numbers, by the way, in case I didn't clarify that. Um, and then in 2018, he had the QB14. In 2019, he had the QB12. Now, 
there's something notable that you put a little asterisk next to 18 and 19. Um, we noticed a big change in the way that people play the game of football at the quarterback position, uh, ushered in preliminarily by Russell Wilson, but then uh, solidified by Patrick Mahomes in 2018 is, is the uh, mobile get out of the pocket, you know, quarterback. Um, and Lamar Jackson really solidified that last year, but that is what's becoming the top four, five, six quarterbacks, you know, in sure. fantasy football. I mean, you talk about, you know, Russell Wilson, Dak, all of them, you know, uh, or the top five from last year, Russell Wilson, Dak, Lamar Jackson, you know, those guys all Josh Allen, even was he six or five? I can't remember, but those guys are all guys that can get out of the pocket, make plays with their feet. And, 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 you know, they score touchdowns on the ground. They get rushing yards. They have a floor rushing, um, where Tom Brady does not have that. And so I think what you're in, he's also a hundred years old. So in the last two seasons, he was the QB 14 and the QB 12. I usually like to fade older quarterbacks. I was surprised to find out in 2017, he finished as the QB three. <laughs> what the crap happened that wow. season? Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I think he's going to be more in that range of QB 10 to QB 15. If we were to be honest with ourselves, um, I understand Cam Newton's coming off an injury. I two injuries. And I understand that, you know, the Patriots are taking a shot at him and there are some arguments from new England based reporters, which I think are completely friggin' fa fabricated and false that Cam Newton's not going to be the week one starter. Freaking stupid crap like that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would like for him to be, let's just assume my it's take. always, it's Bill Belichick. My take based too, like, on Cam Newton playing. So let's just know, assume he plays, but it, it is Bill Belichick. Like he can, he could yeah. easily do something like that. So the big thing about Cam Newton is when he's healthy and he plays all 16 games, he always finishes as a top five wide receiver. He's never played a game where he's a season where he's played six. He's never had a season where he's played 16 full games and finished outside of the top five. So there is a realm for me and it's not a unreasonable one where Cam Newton comes in this year. The Patriots cater their offense to what Cam Newton likes to do. He gets a top six, top seven, maybe even a top five finish. Maybe the injuries hurt him and he ends up top seven, right? based on his rushing plays all 16 Tom Brady is not going to finish as a top five quarterback this year. He's just not. And I, people who tell yourselves that that's going to happen, you're getting like, you might get good value in the later rounds with Tom Brady, but don't sure. tell yourself that you're getting more than you're bargaining for, because there's so many more quarterbacks in the league that have a higher ceiling. I mean, a higher floor, unless he throws for like 40 touchdowns, unless he throws for 40 touchdowns, very reasonable. But I mean, James, the famous Winston last year is about 600 years younger than him. And um, <laughs> he threw 30 touchdowns last year. So I, can Brady throw 30 to 35 touchdowns? Very reasonable. I don't think he throws 40. I really don't. Yeah. So I think Brady's capped by his inability to move the ball on the ground. I think that in fantasy football, you're going to get a decent 10 to 15 out of Tom Brady. He's a good quarterback to have when you need a decent floor or a good matchup week. But what you're actually going to get from Tom Brady and what you're going to get from Cam Newton is going to be two other things. So Cam Newton will finish with more fantasy points than Tom Brady this year. If he plays a full 16, I'll make a note of that. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, and that this take means I think he's going to finish with a full 16 games. If, so. if Cam Newton does, I think that's very, very possible. Yeah. Okay. So this one is kind of a popular take. So I kind of, mm -hmm. I kind of feel iffy about it just because there's a lot of people joining this bandwagon and you, you were talking about before this show that you're yeah. really on this bandwagon. Um, so if you want to hop in, you totally can while making an argument. Um, of course. My next bold prediction is Miles Sanders will finish as a top. I'll, I'll even ask you a question after I'm done arguing my love in fantasy football. What I'm going to spend like maybe a minute and a half talking about Miles Sanders. It'll be <laughs> That's very. Fine. It'll be very fast. That's fine. Um, even though I could do a entire 50 minute podcast just about uh, just about Miles. We Sanders. have talked about yeah Miles Sanders in the show, yeah. um, multiple multiple times. So you can always go back. Um, and get like in detail for some things, yeah, but I'll yeah. quickly just say like some people are concerned with Miles Sanders getting carries. We talked about how Doug Peterson has never yeah. had a running back where he can give the workload to. RBBC. So he, he, we, we don't know if he's actually an RBBC guy or he just has never had a good running back. Yeah. Um, the, the Eagles had 454 carries last season. Wow. Do so you think Boston Scott is going to get 200 carries? 
No, but I think somebody on the free agent or waiver, whatever. I was going to say waiver. Somebody in free agency can do it, but not Boston Scott. So let's say they don't sign anyone. You think Boston Scott, I gave him like 100 carries. I think Boston Scott might get 150 carries, but even at that, Oh, how many rushes did they have last year? 450. But Carson, you have you to give Carson 50 to Carson Wentz. About 60. He's 60 last year. He's I 60. usually, when I project, I usually take the number of the, of rushes out of his passing and not the rushing. So I just add that total. Like, say I project him to have 550 pass attempts, and you know that Chris Carson Wentz is going to throw, I mean, rush it 50 times. I just take it out of the pass attempts and add it to the rushing total. <clears throat> Interesting. Generally but either speaking. way, so let's say Boston's got like gets like 150 carries, mm-hmm. Carson Wentz gets around 60, blah blah blah. I mean, I think Miles Sanders can still get like 240, 250 carries. He's gonna get more than that. He might hit like and 280. He, I said like he he could definitely get more than that, but I think at worst if they don't sign anybody, he's probably gonna get around that. You're just being um, conservative. I'm, I am being conservative, which is conservative. Smart. Very smart. He also had 50 receptions last year. Um, and I, I, I've heard some people make the argument that that's going to change now that they have receivers. But yeah. does that change for any other receiving running back? Like, no. N- no, not really. Like Joe Mixon, there's a lot of targets there. He still gets like 40-plus catches. So mm. and Sanders is still going to be involved in the offense. He's still going to get around 50 receptions this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, last year when Jordan Howard went down and they gave the keys to Miles Sanders, um, he was the RB4 in fantasy. So, <laughs> and half PPR. I and he like can do it. it. If it was just a short amount of time, though, I think it was only five weeks. But it's very possible that he can do that for a full sixteen. And <laughs> I think he will. Get me excited about Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean he's he's the guy there, and it's also a very good offense too. Like, yeah, I mean, don't realize now that the Eagles you could have just they're going to be a really good offense. You could ju- you could have just stopped at is Boston Scott going to get one hundred and you know fifty touches. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, the only concern I have with Miles Sanders is durability. Like I'm not really sure. concerned in the, in the context that I think he's like I, injury prone or I think he's going to have injuries. I just I mean, in the context of like, can he hold up on a Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette type workload? Yeah, you know, but that's the only concern I have. Like, I, I think it's a reasonable possibility, reasonable possibility that he gets 270 touches. But the big shock factor for me with Miles Sanders is how much not getting a lot of work missing a few games last year right he only played uh in oh he played all 16 right yep yeah okay so but it was the amount of of opportunity that he was getting on the ground it it was kind of it was given to him early in the season 11 12 times a game and then it was taken away and then you know when like you said when um uh what's his name Jordan Howard got hurt, then he took over. But the big thing that I found shocking was in the early part of the season, they weren't they weren't using him a whole ton in the passing game. It wasn't until week five that they got him really, really involved. Um, and he ended up with roughly, uh, if you pace him out, 71 targets for 60 receptions. And I was telling you before the show, I could very well see Miles Sanders being what... Uh, what I think is Christian McCaffrey light where he could get 70 catches this year. And to add on top of that, have 275, a poor man's command. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I I, like what you do. Remember when, when Christian McCaffrey broke out? Oh, I remember it like (laughs) this. Because you drafted him. He was, he was a mid second round pick that year. I think he, yeah, he, I think he was in the third in our league. In, in our league, he was in the third. But in a 12-team, he was mid-second round. And uh, by the time we got to actual like draft, like you know, the week before the NFL season when most people should draft, his ADP had reached up to like early second round. And uh, people were falling in love with Christian McCaffrey, at least people in leagues with you know people who study fantasy football on a regular basis. You know, in uh, I think this is thing I can't remember what it's called, but um, it's more accurate ADP for gamblers. But in best ball, ADP early close to the season, he was sure ADPing at early in the second round. My point is that people expected Christian McCaffrey to break out and have a really good season, even though he hadn't really shown he'd shown signs of doing something like that. I think in that season he ended up top four, and he was a league winner essentially. Um, I think you could see that same thing from Christian McCaffrey. 
And if you end you up drafting, Sanders. I mean, no, I'm sorry, Miles Sanders. I think you can see that same thing for Miles Sanders. And I think later, you know, getting him later in the first round, earlier in the second is a perfect spot for him. I, if, at first, I was starting to get gross on Miles Sanders and think like, that's not worth it. But man, it, get your guy. Like, if you think Miles Sanders is going to be that top four guy Rick was just talking about, then press the button in the late first round. I mean, it's not too hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I, a little. <laughs> It does, yeah. Uh, and then also, like, they've talked about how, com- like, I think the direct quote from Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see if I can pull it up, yeah. Uh, he said, like, we are very comfortable and excited about Miles um, for and what he can do m- moving forward. So, like, I think they're Keep talking. perfectly I like fine it. with giving him a significant amount of work. Yeah. it's It'll be exciting to see what happens. Um, but, uh, you know, the Dalvin Cook last year, Christian McCaffrey 2017, like I, I draw parallels to that. And usually what happens is there's some ridiculous thing. We don't have a preseason this year, but there's always some ridiculous play that happens that like, do you remember preseason week three last year, we had our draft party that day, the day before they had like a Vikings had like a preseason game on. I think it was the afternoon of our draft day. And I was watching the Vikings play and they handed it off to, to, um, to Dalvin Cook for the uh-huh. first run for his first run of the game or something like that. And he ran for 89 yards for a touchdown. And then he took him out and I was like, how do I get him on my team? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we won't have that with Miles Sanders. I don't think, but you get the picture. I think Miles Sanders is going to end up being ridiculously good this year. For sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, and then uh, the third one, I'm going to leave the last one out, but the third one for me is Paris Campbell will have a top 24 season in 2020 now i have some trouble a little bit of trouble with this one in terms of efficiency because last year paris campbell he's a slot receiver and he mm-hmm. is right now according to our lads depth charts he is the um he's the starting slot receiver next to uh michael Pittman will be on the outside and ty will obviously be on the outside but paris campbell is going to play the inside slot role and he's the starting slot receiver um he had horrible efficiency last year, but he didn't play a lot of, he didn't get a lot of opportunities. I think he had one game where he had like, there was like 10 targets in his direction. I can look it up. I can't remember exactly what the number was, um, but he had roughly, I'm going to pull it up just for the sake of my own sure. brain. But I, yeah, there was like one game where he had more than five targets, which is ridiculous. He had eight targets. Highest total of the season, eight targets, five receptions. He averaged five yards of carry in that game on the season. He had a couple of games where he had 10 and 12, but he had seven total yards per reception on the season. That is horrible. Like it's very bad. That's like Jamison Crowder bad. So (laughs) um, the thing I really like about Paris Campbell is that they just picked up a quarterback by the name of um, Phillip Rivers. And okay. Philip Rivers made Keenan Allen a freaking legend wide receiver one low end most of the time, but because he was a slot receiver, you know, Keenan Allen's a slot receiver. And what does, what does Philip Rivers do best? He dumps off to running backs and he dumps off to his slot receivers because he can't throw up more than 46 and a half inches down the field. So uh, <laughs> he's just not, you know, he's not going to be able to throw it down the field to TY. And I think as much as we really like Michael Pittman, I don't know that he's going to get super involved in this offense this year, just because of the way that, um, um, uh, what's his name? I just I Rivers. literally just said his name, Philip Rivers. So that leaves one man. T Y is going to get his work because he's T Y Hilton, but Paris Campbell is the man left in the lurch here in terms of where the rest of the production is going to go. If 580 attempts or 560 attempts go to Philip Rivers, and he he tries to throw that many passes. Paris Campbell could be very well on his way to 100 to 120 targets, especially if they utilize him in the slot the same kind of way that Keenan Allen was utilized in the slot. The biggest thing I like about about uh, Paris Campbell is that he had a hundredth percentile speed score. Uh, he ran a four. I mean, I'm sorry, 97 percentile speed score and a hundredth percentile 40 yard dash. He ran a four three one. So he's one of those wide receivers that can catch a ball in the slot and then turn it into a touchdown. You know what I mean? He's extremely fast. His player comp on playerprofiler.com is Santana Moss. 
So I think he has the ability to be an extremely, he's also six feet tall, which is gen, generally tall for a wide receiver. I think sure. Um, it's like about it. I mean, it's tall for a slot receiver. I'll for say a that slot guy. Yeah. Uh, he's usually kind of tiny. So he's going to play the slot. He's going to be one of, I think he's probably going to be one of Philip Rivers favorite targets this year. Um, and I think that a lot of people are just kind of passing up on him. Like I, I, I think top 24 is a very reasonable, like a sure. very reasonable conversation to have. Like, and I wanted to say top 15. I really did, but <laughs> Well, that's, I, that's a little much. I just, I just opinion. don't, I just don't think that Paris Campbell can get to that point this year I unless just, he hits yeah, 120 right. plus targets. Philip Rivers likes the slot. And if Paris Campbell is going to start the slot, he's going to get targets. Yeah. So, so I, I definitely think, you know, we'll, we'll see if he can use his explosiveness. The, the biggest, like I said, that biggest concern for me was the explosiveness wasn't really on display in terms of what he had last year. You know what I mean? Like there were two games at the end of the season. He had week nine and week 14. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, week nine, he had 10 yards per reception, which is what you want to see from your slot receiver. But he just didn't do that the rest of the time. So it's like, and they also played a little bit around with his, you know, him in rushing and end arounds and all that stuff. So he could have a decent floor rushing, but he's, he's, generally speaking a clean slate a clean slate in an offense where he'll probably be the wide receiver too so i think it's it's exciting to look at paris campbell and think that he has opportunity and and definitely in redraft like it is worth drafting him in the late rounds because if you end up with a mid to late you know a mid a mid-range to late wide receiver too um you're getting great value out of him he can he could be a decent flex for your team you know from for a majority of the season so yeah, I mean, I, it definitely makes sense. It's a good take. Uh, and my last one is might be the spiciest one. Uh, it's Terry McLaurin will finish as a top seven fantasy. Spiciest one for you? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Either, for me, yeah, you had the spicier takes on these for sure. Uh, I tried. But for me, McLaurin. Uh, I tried to know, be ridiculous. I'll, I'll I'm going to say top five. You know what my favorite part about this is? is uh, top five. Later. Top, whoa. You know, do you, just because you were getting on me about that, I'm making it bold, bro. This has got is a bold prediction. I was going to say, I like going back and listening to this show after the season and see how much we actually got right. Last but, year, anyway. we were like 50-50, which is surprising for bold predictions. Um, My Mahomes take panned out. Yeah. I don't remember what I said at all last year this time. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but for Terry McLaurin, I'll tell you why. And I'll say why it's not fully as crazy as you might think. Right. So his yards per reception, we'll just start off with the stats last year. He had 93 targets in 14 games. I don't know what that's prorated to probably like around hundred. You want me to, targets. you want me to do it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, with seven touchdowns, he had almost 16 yards per reception, which is really good. He almost had a thousand yards receiving in 14 games. He probably would have prorated to over a thousand yards. Uh, if he played the full 16. Um, one of the things with Terry McLaurin this year is who else are they going to throw the ball to? I mean, they threw the ball a very low amount. Steven last year. Sims, the, dude, don't you know? The, <laughs> they threw the ball like Antonio Gandy Golden. Yeah, I mean, he might get like forty targets, forty fifty targets. But wow. uh, you know, he he did. So he you're telling me I shouldn't draft him in our rookie draft that's going on right now? I mean, I'm, I I might, I might take him <laughs> in the fourth draft. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of like him as a player. But that being said, yes. Um, the Redskins, I think they threw the ball the least number of times. They're either the least or the second least. What do you want from his prorated stats? Uh, receptions and yards. 106 targets, 66 receptions, uh, 10,000, I mean, uh, 1,500. Wow, dude. 1,050 yards and eight touchdowns. Okay. That's, That's prorated. Pretty, That's pretty solid season for a rookie, by it's the way. very efficient. Last year. Good heavens. Um, yeah, the Redskins only threw the ball 479 times all of last year. Yeah, uh, I expect surprising. that number to go up. I a don't little, think at least a little like, bit. Yeah, I don't think I'm not going to say they're going to throw <clears> the ball like the most in the NFL, but right. they might have like about 500. They, they're still going to be like pro- probably bottom half in the league, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're going to be the least amount in the league for passing attempts. So that number will go up. Yeah, um, they also lose. Uh, let's see, what's his name? Oh, uh, Calvin Harmon, he tore his ACL. Yep. Uh, he had about 44 targets last year, so they're going to lose that. 
Uh, I think Steven Sims will probably Recoup get that. a little bit of that. Yeah. He had 56 targets last year. Let's say he, he might get like 70 targets. Um, 70 to 90 is probably safe. Chris Thompson is also gone. He had he had 58 targets in 11 games last year. Darius Guy's baby. Say, um, if you want to say Gibson is going to replace that, uh, no. sure. No, Darius Geis. Okay, or Darius Geis. <laughs> Whoever you want to say. One of the running backs will replace, or maybe both of them combined. I need Geis. That. Sure. Either way, this still leaves more targets. No, it's true. It's and now that it you look at a it. Lot. There's still like, I want to pull like up 40, my projections. There's still like 30, 40 targets left from McLaurin. And he is also taking that year two jump. Um, and not to mention the fact that Haskins last year, when he finally started to get into a rhythm the last few games, yeah. um, in the last three games before he got injured, Terry McLaurin was the wide receiver six in half PPR. Um, for that three-game stretch, which is a very small sample size, yeah. obviously, but it showed what they were capable of doing this year. I think McLaurin has a chance to get like 130, 140, 140 and depending on how much the Reds can throw the ball. Like if they throw the ball yeah. a lot more, I mean, he could easily get like 150 targets. Like it just, it all depends on how much the Reds can throw the ball, but I'm going to bet they don't throw the ball an insane amount, but it's going to be more than what it was last year. Yeah. I think McLaurin will get like 135, 140 targets. He just got um, And if he does that, it's, it's possible. I, I think the, the hard conversation that you have to have is right now. Uh, so the projections that I have are 572 passing attempts next year uh, for the Redskins. And that could definitely be more around 500 like and what? 572. So that's that a lot. that's a lot. So that that I think that's just bit me bit, like basing it off of the Washington Redskins. Well, well, they're not even that anymore. You did, oh, but by the way, complete side note. You know, there's two names floating around. Sure, I keep calling them the Washington Redskins, but we know that the Washington Red Wolves. <clears throat> that's like the okay. favorite right now. That's interesting. Yeah, okay. and then the Washington. Um, what is it? The they gen- want to keep the Washington same generals or something like that. I don't know, That's I can't so remember. generic. It really is. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I'll just say the Washington Redskins, um, Washington football. Team. I'm worried. I'm worried about a Dwayne Haskins. And I'm oh. worried about mostly that. Yeah. I, I <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> no, I, he's mean, not just... that bad. I think Dwayne Haskins is actually going to have a much better year than people anticipate. He is, he's a pocket passer. And last year he really wasn't thrown into a good situation. And I'm interested to see what, um, what the Redskins do with Dwayne Haskins in this offense and all that stuff. But when you look at like, um, you know, I I gave Steven Sims 90 targets and Antonio Gandy golden, like 83. So I was, I was heavily (laughs) like you could pull, I don't easily pull 20 targets off those two. I'm being conservative. I can't go all the way in on my projections, dude. Um, but no, you could easily pull 20 targets off those two guys alone and, and, and give them to Terry McLaurin and he would have 150 targets. And I I just want to throw it around because right now I have him projected based on his 14, 15 yards per reception last year, his eight touchdown. I mean, I projected him at eight touchdowns. I think he'll finish with the same. I think he finished with the same amount last year, but anyway, if you were to peg him at 150 in my projections. I'll just change it to 150 to give you that. He is at 92 receptions, 1,208 yards, eight touchdowns, and that's 214 total fantasy points. That's just with 150 targets. Um, And I gave him a lower amount of efficiency than he had last year. So if you bump him up to 15 yards per reception, he's at 231 in the fantasy point total, which gets him in the top five. Like, it easily could happen. The biggest problem with him finishing the top five is that most top five quarterback, I mean, most top five wide receivers Same. have a quarterback that can yeah. throw more than 25 touchdowns. I don't know that Dwayne Haskins does that. Maybe he comes out, shocks yeah. us all, has a great season. I don't know. If that happens, McLaurin is the best buy in fantasy football this year. Like I, I'll tell you that oh, yeah. right now. I don't, e- I don't even think, but which is why I don't have McLaurin ranked that high is because I don't think. They're gonna yeah. do that. I don't think Haskins is. But the natural. safe projection for me is 192, and that's still. Yeah, I think I haven't projected good. at 195, so the same, pretty much the same as you. Yeah. Um, in that range, yeah, but he's definitely <clears throat> got that upside. I think it is a safe, bold prediction. It's not really a safe, bold prediction. It's actually hot top five. 
you could have yeah, said like top eight. Come on, that, give, give me give me credit, spicy. It is spicy. Uh, let's talk about some news really quickly, and then we sure. will conclude the show. So if you on YouTube, I can see the analytics of when you guys stop watching, and this is usually it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. We'll just talk about the news really quickly. Um, Derek Henry signed a four year, $50 million contract right before the deadline of when you could sign a contract extension before the season. I think you you have, it opens up in the middle of the season or after week four, you can, I can't, I don't know the exact number of weeks that you have to wait in order to start negotiating um, long-term contracts again, but the window ended last week and Derek Henry signs a four year contract. He is now a, I believe a top five, paid running back in fantasy football does he deserve it yeah okay market value yeah, I, I don't think any running back really deserves that kind of no i don't either money but, but like anyway. for the market value and what he did in the playoffs last year yeah yeah and and darianton evans is dead yep unfortunately <laughs> pretty much what is Deion lewis last year like rb 50 uh, I mean, rb 75 like yeah. yeah get out of here with he's him. a good handcuff though because yeah. if, if henry gets hurt at oh home, no one else there behind him no right. one uh, Buccaneers Ronald Jones says he added eight, six to eight pounds of muscle this oh, yeah. offseason. Um, I like that. I, I'm I'm going to be um, laughing my my butt off when Keyshawn Vaughn is like absolutely a nobody. <laughs> I think they'll probably <laughs> they're going to use him, but they're definitely going to use him. But yeah. he's not going to be worth what people are like saying. Like I think every time the seventh I, or eighth round in mock drafts, I. Every time I talk about him, I totally forget like where he was drafted. Uh, third round. I, I just don't like, I, I especially this year, third and fourth round picks as much as we want to talk about and get excited about them having success this year. It, it it's going to be hard for I think them he's just to, gonna to play earn the a role. Is pretty much what it's I like. think he's going to play the Peyton Barber role minus 30, 40 carries. Yeah. You think you think it's? I would love that because I like Ronald Jones, but <laughs> I would just be, I would just say buy Ronald Jones in the middle of the. He definitely is a good buy for where he's going. I sure. don't like off-season hype, so I don't care that he added six to eight pounds of muscle. I'm glad they said of muscle, because then I'd just <laughs> be know. confused. What are you, Eddie Lacy? Six to eight pounds. Zeke, like two years ago, when he was on that. Uh, so Zeke run. can eat as much as he wants. <laughs> So he, bro, he's he's still eating Chick-fil-A. You just, That's true. <laughs> uh the Mike Florio reports there's a lot of um a lot of news surrounding the NFL starting and rumors and I I I boiled everything down to the most recent rumors about COVID-19 and I put them all on this list. So we'll quickly list them and then we'll talk about a couple of things to end the show. But um Mike Florio reported that the um that there are oh, I'm sorry reports that there are players, the players who test positive this season for COVID-19, they're going to be placed on a list. Um, A new report came out that said that it's going to be the commissioner. It's going to be on the commissioner's exempt list for a minimum of three weeks. Three weeks is a lot. Yeah. That's a long, that's a long time. Now, if you play, you know, two games in three weeks, then you can come back, but that is a long time. I think that was more of the players pushing it. and the You're going to need a good bench this year in redraft. Yeah. It's going to be really important. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, handcuffs might be great. Like you're seeing in drafts right now, handcuffs are going far too high on the boards, which I, in a normal year, I'd be like, you idiots. But this year, it's worth it. It's like if you, if you, have, if you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott or Dalvin Cook or, you know, like I've been, I've been you know, scooping up boston scott which sounds ridiculous but he had good games when miles sanders wasn't playing at the end of the season last year so it was like like get your handcuffs like yesterday and and make sure that you know you get opportunities my question during is the like, season right, to have success if somebody like gets COVID 19 what if like half of an nfl roster just gets COVID? i highly doubt that that'll happen but here's the difference between the teams like so, the NBA is going to start up. Baseball starting up this week. Um, hockey. What are they at the end of the month or in they're, August? They're starting. Yeah, August first. So, so all of these teams they're doing the similar situation where they have bubbles. I don't know if baseball is doing. I think they're no, they're traveling. 
I uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not sure. Basketball is basketball and hockey. I believe they're doing bubbles where we, they're playing. They're putting everyone in they one location, yeah, both, yeah. and they're they're putting everyone in like centralized locations across the country, and they're just having them all play their games at one like facility. And they're making it so that you're not going to the outside world and getting in contact with other people and getting sick or getting COVID-19 and playing. The NFL has nothing to do with this bubble talk. They're going to travel all over across the country. They're going to get on planes. They're going to do what they want when they get to their locations, go to stores. Like They're going to be living life like normal and playing football like normal, except no fans in the stands. So with that being said, how many guys are going to get COVID based on that? are they going to be forced into a situation where they have to play in a bubble? But you like, there's so many games you, this is 30, all the other leagues have 30 teams. This league has 32 of them and they all play at once. So (laughs) it's going to be very difficult to have a bubble. So they're just going to have to play. And whoever gets COVID is whoever gets COVID. I don't think a whole team will get contracted with it because right now a, a new report came out right before we went on to record that said that the NFL has reached an agreement with the NFL PA that essentially states that if, if it was based on testing, but if, so what they're going to do for the first two weeks of training camp, I believe is test every single day um, when you come in. And then if they are under 5% of the league having COVID-19, then what'll happen is, um, they'll switch it to two times a week, I believe. So it's based on, it's like a merit-based system of like making sure that a player, you know, they, they're not having 5% of the league test positive. Like I highly doubt that everyone, if they're testing two times a week or three times a week or four times a week, I have a hard time believing that all of a sudden 25 tests will come back positive in one week. Yeah. It'll be a slow progressive thing, but for sure. Think about the amount of tests they're going to be doing. <laughs> You're not even talking about just the, just the, you're not talking about just the players. You're talking about the coaching staffs. You're talking about the camera people, like everyone involved. It's, it's, it's going to be insane. This, this is going to be quite the operation. Um, But anyway, uh, I, as far as the response to the COVID-19 list, just be on the lookout and be prepared. You're going to need some depth this year. Uh, I would not be surprised if some of these games, like in our league, just a basic QB one, you know, one QB, two running back, two wide receivers, flex, mm. running back, defense, tight end, you know, that kind of league. They're going to go from scoring in half PPR, like 130 points in a week to like 70 because yeah. of COVID-19. Uh, but anyway, Mike Florio reports is very likely that the preseason is only one game. I think they agreed on that. And the thing I was just talking about. So um, there'll be at least one preseason game. And there was some questionable rumors to continue COVID-19. I think it's the last COVID point, but there were some questions around the league, according to some managers and, and owners, they were questioning whether or not training camp would start on time. Um, it is being reported that the veterans will officially report to training camp on Tuesday, July 28th. So that is solidified. That's happening. Um, they are not backing out of that. They're going to report. Right. I don't, good, 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 good. I don't know if it's a, a state by state, I don't know if that's going to change. Florida's getting killed right now. Texas is getting killed right now. And California is getting killed. So do those people choose to go outside the state and do training camps elsewhere? Probably, maybe. I don't know what their plans are, but we'll see what happens with that. Training camp starting July 28th, which is eight days away. Thankfully. (laughs) And then uh, NFL Network's Ian Rampaport. Do you have any other thoughts on COVID, by the way, before we just move on? No, I just... I'm sick and tired of freaking talking about it. I really am tired of actually hearing about it, to be honest. Um, Ian Rampaport reports that Raheem Mostert spoke to a high-ranking member of the 49ers organization to, quote, clear the air, unquote, and, quote, get on the same page moving forward, unquote. So... They'll be... They'll find an agreement. Yeah, I think as far as, like... Like, here's my thing. If Mostert plays this year, you're willing to draft him at the, 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 the location that he's been getting drafted. I'd probably rather rather draft somebody else to be completely yeah. honest with you, but I don't think it's... I've been it's fading on him a little bit lately, yeah, but I don't I know if that's because he, he got a little greedy. I mean, You're an does. undrafted free agent that doesn't even know if he has a starting oh, role. Like, yeah, but you, he's the starting running back making like yeah. a million dollars. Like, I, he, he's not even asking for like 10 million. He's asking for like three. Yeah. It's true. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's greedy. I just said he's greedy. So <laughs> Whatever, dude. 
whatever. He's not. Um, because we were talking about how Mostert was a really, really great like buy, and a lot of people believe that. I watched a video uh, from uh, Kyle Yates from Fantasy Pros today, yep. and he was saying to buy Raheem Mostert. He was a, like a must, must have or must draft this year. Um, just based on the, you know, they're going to rotate running backs like they always do, but based on the ceiling that you might get from Mostert. So I just, I think the, the ADP is like going to fluctuate heavily on this kid because of just the fact that he's like, not, he's, we don't know if he's even going to be on the 49ers because if he's not on the 49ers, he's just garbage. Yeah. Wrap him up and throw him away. Like if he goes to Miami, he can join Matt Breda. <laughs> But right now, his ADP has him at, let me just pull it up. He's going at pick 58, which is um, in 12-team, the fifth round. That's too. That's around too A little early. bit too early. I would take him in the sixth. But sure. I'm curious to see where he goes in our league and where he ends up for other people when everyone starts drafting in, in, in two weeks. Um, but anyway, uh, and the final piece of news, Antonio Brown tweeted cryptically, on Twitter that he's done playing football, that he's going to retire. Now he did this in 2019. Okay. He said that he was going to retire and that the, the NFL, he's not going to play for the white man anymore. I think is what he said. Um, and he went off about how, you know, the owners are crap and all that stuff. So it was him being emotional this time. It sounded like he's legitimately just done playing football. It sounds like he's like, I think it's probably due. Cause he, he realized he's not getting any, no, I don't uh, think any <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. So, do you think he's actually done? Yeah, I do. Do you do you not? I think Seattle might sign him and okay. crush the DK Metcalf shares. I think if somebody gets injured, like yeah, if Metcalf got hurt in training camp, I think it's possible. I think it's a if I just if Antonio Brown gets an offer from a team, like the 49ers or the Bucks or somebody wants him, Patriots come back and they say, Oh, we want you to come here. You know, if somebody signs him, right? I think he ends up taking the offer and playing. Like, I don't know how serious if he starts filing papers, like Gronk never filed his retirement papers. Yeah. Which is why he could come back so easily. So if AB files his, his retirement papers, he's probably done. That means he's legitimately looking into it. But if it's been three weeks and he still hasn't filed anything and Antonio Brown's just like tweeting away, I think he's just done with trying to keep up a good act <laughs> right? to be honest with you. But anyway, yeah. that'll complete the news for this episode. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the fantasy champions, fantasy football podcast. Uh, we had bold predictions. We had the news. Hopefully you got a lot of good information and content out of this. Please, 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 please. I beg you to drive by the draft guide, leave a comment, your uh, favorite bold prediction, and be sure to listen on Thursday where we talk about forgotten players. See you on Thursday. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>